Chopping It Up from the 914. It's your host, Jacob Cooperman, talking about stuff he probably isn't qualified to. Strap in for a podcast filled with rambling hot takes and generalizations. All-encompassing and all for you. Welcome to the show. And welcome. Chopping It Up, Episode 6. We're back in the house, baby. It is 9 o'clock p.m. I've already done three of these, and none of them were good. So we're going to run it up a third time. I modified what I wanted to talk about. Obviously, I took a little gap week. Because last week, there wasn't a lot, of to- a lot to talk about. There was the MJ documentary, which I'll get into a little bit today, but not too much. Because, uh, to be honest, like I know it got a lot of hype surrounding it, but... I thought it was okay. I mean, it, it's it's definitely a, a really quality documentary, but uh, did I think it was like... I Let's just say I didn't think it was Tiger King level documentary, if that makes any sense. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, we've got uh, a lot on the ledger for today. We have uh, Trump talking, ingesting Lysol... Not ingesting, excuse me. Um, shooting Lysol into, I guess, the skin uh, in order to kill... Corona, which I don't think he actually properly said, um, uh, the NFL draft and the phase system for, uh, the States to return to a normal economic format. And, uh, amongst other things, uh, Kid Cudi's new music and the drop on Fortnite with Travis Scott in concert. So how has your guys' quarantine been? Uh, mine has been actually kind of getting better. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, it's been the same in terms of work and uh, just in general not having anything to do uh, besides work. But, you know, it, it's it's been feeling like kind of things were on the upswing for whatever reason. Like, I don't know why. I'm, ca- I'm cautiously, I guess is a good word, cautiously optimistic for the weeks to come. Because I guess we could get into our first topic talking about it now. Uh, Trump is rolling out the the phase system. I'm not sure if he said that there would be a time where it was supposed to be effective. Maybe there was, I, I don't know. I, I think it's different time frames for different states uh, and the different phases in the, within themselves. Like depending on how serious the situation is in each state, he'll kind of play it by a case by case basis. So I'd imagine New York is not going to be effective for a while. Cause we're still in, you know, a heap of trouble. Uh, even though it's on the decline, we're going to, we're still, we're still in the midst of things with the whole Corona pandemic. So We'll, we won't probably see that for a while, but other states might see a return pretty soon to normalcy, n- normality, normalcy, normality, um, relative to that state again. Uh, so the first phase I have it here would be a return to restaurants, theaters, uh, restaurants, restaurants, theaters, gyms, which is awesome because hopefully whenever that happens, I can finally get back to the gym, uh, and, and like no more than 10 people at once in a, in a, in a, like a, not a crowded place, but like, you can't just, you can't congregate, I guess, with more than 10 people, which I mean, that's good. You know, it's, it's, it's better to kind of ease into it. Uh, uh, as you'll see the second and third phases kind of up that a little bit. That's the whole thing. Like it's slowly, it's like giving the economy a way to rubber band and people a way to rubber band and get back into the swing of things. So we have the first phase, public businesses will start to open up with, very, very, um, limited social interactions, mostly just like essential businesses. 
Uh, and then the second phase, it's schools, camps. Uh, they can open back up. Shopping centers uh, with extreme caution. That was very apparent in the memo. Uh, and non-essential travel can resume. Uh, and then and then they've upped the le- the groups of people. The amount of gr- the amount of people that can convene in one spot is is up to fifty essentially. Um, and then the third phase, which the I, I guess it's all going to be within like months of each other or weeks. I'm not quite sure. Again, he didn't give a time frame for anything. It was just we know for sure he's rolling out that plan. Um, employers can resume unrestricted staffing of workplaces, so everyone's going to be getting their jobs back. I know 6.6 million people filed for unemployment, which is wild. If you really, really think about it, because it seems like this thing is on kind of on the downswing, um, even in New York. And to see so many people also filing for unemployment, like it's it's kind of wild because there's like to me almost there's like a disconnect there, if that makes any sense, where you think it might be getting better. And then you look at the amount of people being unemployed and it's a whole different thing. So I guess it's like it's like case by case you know, uh, cases are down, hospitalizations are down. I think, unfortunately, deaths have reached a new high, but for the most part, to my knowledge, hospitalizations are down as well last time I checked. Um, but, but still people are getting unemployed. So, uh, I digress. Employers can resume unrestricted staffing of workplaces. Large public venues can operate under limited social distancing rules. I don't really know what large public venues mean. Uh, is that like sports arenas and, I guess, like, performance venues in themselves, like the MGM. I wonder if it's, like, MGM level or it's more, like, I don't want to say the garden itself. I don't want to say, like, MSG, but maybe, like, the smaller section of the garden where there's a lot of kickboxing events. I forget what it's called. Uh, the, the, I, if, does, if, I'm sure people that are from New York and listen to this know what I'm talking about. It's, it's a section of the garden that has a smaller, it's usually used for musical events, but I wonder if it's going to be stuff like that, or it's going to be full blown. Like we're going to have crowds back in sporting events. Like we're going to see fans and, and, and people watching. I'd assume not. I think the plan for that is 2021 fall, uh, which seems to be also a, a, a pretty, common date when talking about returning to some level of normalcy normalcy let me look you know what i gotta look up if this is a word hold on i am like a hundred percent normalcy yeah no that's a word i always second guess myself oh it is normality normalcy they're both words i am oh i am something else um yeah no so i mean i listen that's gonna be that's gonna be hopefully good when it rolls when it gets ruled out Uh, obviously i think it should be handled with care i don't think we should rush into anything i know a lot of people that i've talked to have said that even if things kind of return to the way they were uh they're not really necessarily too keen on going outside even maybe like one or two weeks after we're allowed back out which i kind of can understand and i might even follow that myself because a lot of people thought when we first got let out of this that everyone was just going to rush outside and, and you know go and go to the gyms, go out to eat, all that stuff. So I think everyone, it's going to be one of those things where everyone thinks that someone's going to do one thing and then nobody wants to do it. And then nobody ends up doing that thing. I think even after we're allowed outside, the streets are still going to be pretty quiet after like two to three weeks. And then we'll see everyone start come trickling out and, 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 you know, then we'll have hopefully our summer back. I hope this clears up by summer. 
I know I always say that, but I hope it clears up by summer because I want to do like summer stuff. I want to run outside. I'm already running outside. I want to go to the gym. I want to see friends, uh, all that good stuff that I can't do now. Um, I'm going on to a buddy's house tomorrow. We're going to, we're going to sit in beach chairs at opposite ends of its cul-de-sac <laughs> and just talk and just talk. I'm going to bring a fold out beach chair, um, get some food and then we're just going to chill. Uh, that's, that's, that's what the quarantine is coming to. I'm going to drive 40 minutes because I haven't seen that kid in like, <sighs> Lord knows how long, especially now with the, uh, with the whole quarantine thing. So I'm excited for that. Uh, what else we got in the ledger here? Uh, kid Cudi's new music. Uh, did, did anyone hear it? It's, uh, the Scots, Travis Scott and Kid Cudi. I like Drac. I liked, uh, I liked, I liked, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kid Cudi's verse a little bit better than Travis Scott's, to be honest. I just like the way he was, the vocalizer he used. I don't know what type of vocalizer it is. I just know he used a vocalizer to make it sound more airy and pop. Um, I liked his verse overall. Like, his verse was kind of tough. The entire song was nice. Um, it was a very Kid Cudi-esque song. I think he gets slept on. Maybe not that he gets slept on. Maybe it's a combination of him getting slept on and his best days being behind him. Because here's the thing. Like, he doesn't... I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves when you talk about him being a producer and a an artist. Because a lot of his stuff goes unnoticed to the general public like I think back when he was popping it was uh man on the moon and man on the moon 2 those were probably his I'd say his two most successful albums though I could be wrong because that that had the one uh pursuit of happiness with MGMT on it uh day and night those are really two great songs uh one of which got on that movie profit uh, pro, pro, bleh, bleh, project x um both of which he produced uh, he produced some stuff for Kanye on, I think it was, was it Kids See Ghost or did he mix with Kanye there? Let's look it up. Kids See Ghosts. That was a fantastic album. Uh, is it not eponymous debut, debut studio album by American hip hop duo Kids See Ghosts. Kanye West. Oh, so it was like a, it was like a album in conjunction. Uh, they killed that in my personal opinion. Say what you want about Kanye. Um, he's been saying some, some crazy stuff recently about how he's like the rapper version of Kobe immediately after Kobe died. I think if I'm being honest, I'll just get off on this tangent real quick. Uh, Kanye is very self-centered and I think a lot of the stuff he says, people let him get away with cause he's Kanye. But, uh, I think he kind of just, I, I think he goes against the grain to go against the grain cause he thinks that it's some sort of like a revolutionary thing it's like oh i'm being you know banksy and like crazy and quirky like i don't know if he necessarily if he if he believes the stuff he says then that's it's good for him standing up what he believes in but i i don't really know if he's like that genuine uh, i think he has some issues which i'm not downplaying i just think that sometimes he he says things because he thinks that it's the not even the socially appropriate thing to say because he said a lot of wild stuff um but that maybe that it's the the thing that like nobody else is going to agree with. And so we could have his own little stance. And there are people like that. Uh, just not people as rich as Kanye. Like I read something on Instagram earlier that he had a, a net worth now of like over a billion dollars because of all, all his shoes and his, and the, the tracks he produced and wrapped on. Like that's, that's wild, man. Imagine being valued at more than a billion dollars for something that you do. 
I can't even imagine, man. That, that's got to be crazy. That's got to be crazy. Just knowing that you're set and your kids are set for the rest of their lives. You know? Anyway, I digress because uh, I got to stop digressing on this podcast. Um, I, I just think that Cuddy always kind of plays like the Robin to other artists' Batman. And his own stuff is really, really good. Like he just did Leader of the Delinquents. I absolutely love that song. Loved it to death. But do that many people see that song? I know it got posted on Complex. But um, I feel like... I, I, I just feel like he gets he gets slept on a lot. Like... I, 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 I don't know. I See, I, I just recently got into Kid Cudi. It, it's been a week and it already has... It only has, excuse me, 997k views. Whereas I feel like if an artist like Travis Travis Scott dropped something within a week, you'd probably have more like over 15 mil, probably even more than that, like 70 mil or something. I know when Drake dropped Tuesday Slide, it got easily 15 mil in like two days. Um, so I, I just feel like he's kind of like slept on, and and then it's also a combination of of having early success, and then I don't know why he like kind of fell off the map after those two albums, but. I mean, he was on the, the XXL freshman class for 2009. Uh, nobody else I knew on that on that freshman class except him pretty much. So, I don't know. Maybe he was just... Maybe it's one of those things where you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know? And, like, you're just destined not to be that mainstream. You know? Like, underappreciated. I, I mean, I don't even know if he's underappreciated necessarily because he has a cult following. It's just his cult following isn't that big. I know he has over a million followers, but or a million listeners on YouTube or something like that. Let's see, because he all the all the artists have their own. Last time I checked, I did my research on this. He is it's Kid Cudi. Uh, oh, sh- that was weird. Um, videos, Pursuit of Happiness got two hundred million views. Day and Night got one hundred thirty-five mil erase me feet Kanye like that was all when he was popping off and now he only gets like 130k views 4.9k 5.7 50k at most uh leader of the delinquents got 101 uh, million views in a week so he's not like he's kind of I guess he's more just I don't know I'm hesitant to say his, his, his best years are behind him because I think with this whole Fortnite thing, maybe he'll come back on the map for a little bit. Because the song is honestly fantastic. I mean, say what you want about the Fortnite event. I thought it was a little corny that I had to log on to Fortnite, which I didn't because I don't even have the, the game installed on my PlayStation. No, on my PlayStation with me. I think it was a little corny that they had an entire concert on a game uh, designed for 12-year-olds. Uh, it's enjoyed by a lot of people, but it's in theory designed for 12-year-olds and streamers and all that stuff. Uh, we could be real here. Um, I thought it was weird that they had an entire music concert with uh, Travis Scott's likeness. And, and even though the, the songs were cool, like I can just go on my phone and listen to those songs while I'm like doing other stuff, while I'm editing, while I'm da 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 whatever. And I don't need to log into a video game. Uh, I, with that being said, I thought the visual the visuals were cool. Like I thought the entire sequence was dope. I think it went live at a certain point. That's how, like, people logged in. And it had, like, 12.5 concurrent viewers. 12.5 million concurrent viewers. uh, And they're waiting for the stream numbers to come in because certain people were streaming it. But, like, honestly, 
to me, it just seems a little contrived, a little bit too much effort to log into Fortnite just for a concert. It's a it's a cool idea, but at the end, like, would I watch it? No. Uh, if they did it again, would I watch it? I'd probably watch it after the fact, just for the podcast clips, which is what I did this time. Uh, I, yeah, the whole thing is just like, Fortnite, dude, I gotta give it to the, the Fortnite developers. They're, they're marketing geniuses. Uh, I have never seen a game that has stayed relevant for as long as Fortnite has been relevant. Except for maybe like Minecraft, Call well no, Call of Duty, not a singular game. Because Call of Duty had a bunch of successful games dotted throughout the series. But I don't think that like Fortnite has ever, or I don't think another game has ever been as prevalent as Fortnite has besides Minecraft. And I'm racking my brain right now trying to think of another game that's actually had that much staying power. There are probably some classics that that I could think of, but let's. I, I want to see how long Fortnite's been around. Fortnite invention? No. How long is Fortnite? Yeah, we'll just look up Fortnite. Four point five out of oh, four point six out of five. Initial re- wow. The release date was July twenty first, twenty seventeen. It feels like it's been around for a lot longer than that. But also, my my sense of time, especially now with the quarantine, is shot. Like, my, my sense of time is out the window. Gone. Big time gone. Fortnite and Travis Scott, astronomical. They they put out a trailer for it. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. They keep their game relevant. It's kind of like Grand Theft Auto V, though. I, I see a lot of people saying that's that's falling off. Minecraft is another big one. Um, No, those guys are marketing geniuses. And they the amount of, like, pop culture stuff and, and advertisements they sneak into their game is, is tremendous. Like, I bet those guys are rolling in cash. And obviously everyone knows about it, but like, what are you going to do? Not play Fortnite? There's always that option. I don't do it. But for those that like Fortnite, I mean, you you can't really slight them for making. It's a free game. In essence, you don't have to buy anything to play. So they need to make money somehow. If it's not with a 12-year-old stealing their parents' credit card to get extra skins, it's with advertisements, paid or otherwise. I bet uh, Travis Scott got a big bag for that, you know? Uh, Travis Scott definitely got some serious, some serious cash for that. I don't know in what department, but I know they got a lot of cash to give away. So I'm sure he got a good payday for that. And, um, yeah, I, no, it, it was, it was okay. It was okay. But I, I definitely like, like I said, there's just too much effort. I wouldn't want to tune back in for that. Uh, what else we got here? Ah, okay. So I was, Scrolling the interwebs, looking for research to do this episode, and I saw a claim from Trump uh, on CNN stating that Trump told people to ingest, no, not ingest, I keep saying ingest, what do you say, inject, inject Lysol into their skin um, to, I guess, ward off the coronavirus, so when I first saw this on CNN, I was like, oh, okay, I was shocked, but you know, I figured I'd probably check it out, see what it was all about. I didn't actually think he would say something like that. I mean, Trump's pretty, pretty dumb. And sure, he might structure his presidential addresses like he's a middle schooler that didn't prepare for a class presentation, but he's not, I don't think he's that dumb because Lysol is clearly not something that you want to inject into your veins. Um... So I check it out, right? I go off of CNN because CNN, you know, all the all the modern news sites have their skewed agendas and everything, and they're all, you know, blah, 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 whatever. You got Fox News on one side, CNN on the other, you know, 
it's all about the far right and the far left. You can't have any objective news anymore, which sucks. So I go to the actual clip, which I think my mother sent me or she told me where to get it. I went, I saw it on the telegraph and I think I have it here. Trump tells people to inject Lysol. Never th something I thought I'd look up in my entire life, but oh, here we are. Uh, uh, Trump muses about light as remedy, but also disinfectant. Okay, let's see. If this is this the clip? Is this the clip? Taking so long to load, dude. Coming together. We gotta watch an ad, dude. What is it about Ford? Okay, hold on one sec. All right, no side thought about Ford, right? Can you guys tell me the last time you saw a Ford commercial that wasn't about horses or really sad stuff? Or or cowboys, like doing like heavy lifting. That's the three main selling points of Ford. If you got a kid, if you're into sad shit, or you're a cowboy. That's their three commercials. I just saw a baby being scooped into a pickup truck for whatever reason. And a six-month relief payment program. And it's always, yeah, they're always, well, I mean, that's all car commercials, though. They got the they got the car driving along the scenic landscape. All right, here we go. Hopefully this is Trump. But yeah, dude, Ford, I don't get it in general why why certain, and it's not, it's not only like car commercials, too. It's sometimes, it's mostly like car and beer commercials. They always go for the, the emotional, like vulnerable side of things. Like, I remember that one, do you guys remember that, that one? What was it? The the Super Bowl commercial with the uh, the horse and the puppy. And I'm always sitting there. I'm like, okay. At the beginning of the commercial, you have no idea it's going to be about beer. And you're like, oh, like, okay. Oh, at least I used to get tricked by this. I'm like, oh, wow, it's a puppy. You know, he's going with the horses. And, oh, that's so sad. He got left by his owner. I wonder where this is going. And then it's like Budweiser. I forget what their, I forget what their tagline is. But it's like, yeah, no, no this is a Budweiser commercial. You've been had. It's just like, what does what does a puppy and horses have to do with? I guess I guess Budweiser. They've always they've always had like stuff to do with horses, but it's just it's a weird compare. It's a weird like combination for trucks and beer. It's like who are you marketing to? I don't ride a horse. You know what they should do? They should just have it be like, yo, if you want to get mad, like if you want to get properly just wasted. If you want to get buzzed, if you want to get sloshed, drink our beer. That's probably like Ford Loco's campaign ad. <laughs> Ford Loco doesn't give a shit. They could be like, yeah, yeah, no, just come drink our stuff. It tastes like garbage, but it'll get you. We got like 0.8% or whatever it is, like 8% alcohol in it. You'll get, you'll get demolished instantaneously <laughs> if you drink our beer. I guarantee that's Ford Loco's campaign or whatever. Alright, let's see. Video finally loaded. Which I'm surprised because the uh, the Wi-Fi down here is absolutely horrific. So we're turning this up. I'm going to bring this into the mic. So, supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that has him checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do. Talk about UV. Skin or, uh, in some other way, 
And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs, and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical... Lysol in the lungs. Lysol in the lungs. So a lot of people freaked out. He addressed what he said prior to this recording. And I just got to say, man, Trump does his presidential addresses like I do this podcast. Trump does his presidential addresses like, yo, uh, you, you were you heard about that thing with the, um, you know, the, uh, yeah, no, something about adjusting, yeah, Lysol into the skin. Okay, yeah, no, UV, UV rays, yeah, into the lungs. And it, like, kills the vibe. Okay, yeah, we'll check it later. Like, this is exactly how he does every single president. He does it like I do the podcast. That's what I That's what I realized while watching this clip. He does it like I do the podcast. He walks in there with no preparation. They're like, yo, Trump, you should probably, like, write down some, some notes for your presidential addresses because you are addressing the country that is in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic right now. He's like, you know what? I'll wing it. I'll wing it. What are you going to say? I'm going to wing it. I'm going to wing it. I'll ask you questions if I... <laughs> I'll pull you to the side if I need you. I'm going to ask you on mic. And we'll get another Twitter hot take. It's going to be great. You know? One thing about Trump. And regardless about what you think of the guy. I personally don't think he's fit to be president in any capacity. Uh, he would be the best motivational speaker on the planet. The amount of upsides that man can find in every situation, obviously it's just to big himself up, but just imagine like like every other word, right? In his if I'm sure you guys watch his presidential addresses, every other word is like great. We're doing a fantastic job. There's people dead, but they they were doing a <laughs> We have the most you know, ready? This is my trumpet press. Wait. Okay, now, we have the most, we, we are the most equipped, we are the most equipped country to do, he's doing the, the hand movement, we are the most equipped country to handle this, we have been handling it great, someone from the crowd's like, yo Trump bro, what about the, uh, what about the dead bodies bro, like what's up with that bro, like what's up with that, yo nah, like, you know what I'm saying? We, we we handle this great. Like he never like answers questions outright. He's just like, yeah, you know, we've been handling it great. Uh, you know, we've been doing the best we can. We have great first responders. Like no matter what question he gets, no matter what negative connotation it's in, he always answers with a positive. And that's the type of life coach you want in your life. Trump life coach 2021. <laughs> the amount of people are like, Jake, stop, stop, don't, stop. Don't do this. <laughs> don't talk about this, please. <laughs> don't. No. <laughs> I actually have a better Trump impression off mic. I think the fact that I was thinking of what to say lent it to how Trump actually talks as well. Because, dude, it's just so obvious. And then there was that picture of him with the notepad, and it was actually, like, his his notes. And it was just, like, bullet points. It was like, I want Hillary Clinton to be honest. We have great, like, uh, just object objective statements. Like, five or six of them. 
just sentences. I don't know how long those presidential uh, addresses go on for, but it's like, it's astounding that that man can even stand up there for that long. He looks like he's thinking about what he's going to have for dinner after. He was like, when when the other person, when he brings up like Fauci or um, or that other lady that I kind of like on his administration that talks about uh, the first responders and the medical personnel working, I forget her name, but she's a sweetheart. Um, and he's just sitting off to the side, like, doing that duck face, toupee blown in the wind. He's a very interesting person, that Trump. And I know a lot of people harbor resentment towards him. Uh, I think he is, uh, not a smart dude. I think he's more of a businessman and an entertainer than he is a president by far. Um, but... You know, I don't really, I don't hate him. I just think he's dumb and he doesn't think things through. And I think he's, I, I do think he's racist. I think that could be said because he's not, I don't think he's outwardly trying to, I think there's, and we can get into this conversation now because uh, I actually don't have any other notes besides this, but I think there's two types of racism. I mean, I've been thinking about this a little bit. You have ignorant racism where someone doesn't necessarily know they're being racist but it's spurred on by lack of information that's where a lot of people kind of fall into you might you might see it from in small pockets from like certain people maybe that that don't even try to be racist uh or just making assumptions or have prejudices and then there's like kkk levels of racism where it's anger, possibly by a childhood event, like Hitler level, you know, where a Jewish doctor couldn't save his mother's life and then he wanted to go murder all Jews, like stuff like that. Now, regardless of where it comes from, I do think there are both types. And I think Trump falls into that ignorant racism slot. I don't think he started off racist. I think he just came into money, a small loan of a million dollars. And has never had to work for anything for in his life. Does that make any sense? Am I, am I, does that, I feel like I'm not off basis with that. Like, have you guys ever talked to a rich person? Some of the rich people I've talked to, and I'm not going to name names, they don't know how to have a conversation that isn't about them. It's either really rich or really good-looking people sometimes you get the odd bunch but for the most part it's like when you're when you're that influential maybe is a good word affluent affluent um and you don't need to you could say influential or affluent um when you're either of those things and you don't need to really learn on a an intimate level how to interact with people it's so so obviously hard to connect with people like that and when you have a person who's one of their main jobs is to represent a country and to interact with the people of that country um it's gonna be hard for a guy like trump that all he's ever known and think about it too he's had he's had a big business career so he knows a lot of money 
He has his name on things. He's he's used to getting his way. And then he has the I forget what show he was on. What one sec. Trump Trump reality show. The Apprentice. That's what it was. Where he can literally fire people on the spot and people are hanging off of his thumb. What do you think that does to a person? That gives him a, a, a sense of entitlement. Makes him think he can run things. And overall, it makes him see that his reality is the only reality. Right? Which is where I think the racism comes from. Because he can't fathom, fathom, excuse me, fathom uh, a reality where a an illegal immigrant would come into the country not because they're trying to be some sort of a a, a crime causing you know like street thug or whatever he, Trump says tries to, to say about him but he doesn't understand that perhaps some people are just doing it because they want to protect their family and they want to get their family out of wherever they're coming from because the country's unstable I mean that happens so much you know like, I don't think he understands that side of it because he's never had to go through that. He's never had to fight for his life. And I've never had to fight for my life either, but I can be sympathetic. You know? And that's a, that's a talent that some people, and a skill that some people don't have. A personality trait, I guess, would be a better word, that some people don't have, that Trump doesn't have. So when all you know is towers and money and, and women, you know, following for you because you're rich and also diddling women... um. You're not going to be that sympathetic to people that don't have a lot or don't come from your same creed or don't come from your same background. So it's kind of, it's almost, I think it's a little unfounded when people, no, it's not unfounded when people call him racist, but it's unfounded, I think, in the way people view him as being an angry racist. I just think that he's so close-minded and simple-minded and uh one you know and has only one view that he's not able to see the other side of the coin does that make any sense so i i just think the problem with trump man we got to get someone more relatable in there is joe biden more relatable i don't necessarily know i don't i'm, I'm not i don't think so i know there's a lot of 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 rapey stories about joe biden so we'll we'll wait to see how that turns out, but it's just it's interesting with Trump, man. He's kind of like, I guess he's a good example of just going out and doing something. To his credit, right? Like he wanted to to run for president. Everyone thought he was ridiculous, and then he just went and did it. Uh, and I'm not talking about any stuff that happened after he got in office. How he's ratcheting political tension between countries on a geopolitical level and, and, you know, doing all that dumb shit that Trump does. I'm talking about the fact that that man literally ran for office. Obama laughed at him and said you could never do it, and then he was there. A guy as, I don't want to even say maybe idiotic. Oh, yeah, no, he was, he's pretty idiotic. He An idiot like Trump got into office that really just shows that anyone can do anything. The power of belief. Because that man has nothing but belief. Because he's not he's never known any type of, of, of you know failure of, of being let down. He's never had to experience that. Think about that. Excuse me. Think about never taking 
a loss in your life. Think about being coddled, cradled, being born into money, which I think Trump was, from a young age, and never having to deal with the sour feeling of, of disappointment. What that's got to do to someone's confidence, you know? So I guess in closing, we just got to get someone more relatable in office that, you know, isn't backed by big money and and isn't corrupt and <laughs> will do something for the country that's worthwhile. And all the all you know all the presidents in in past years have have all contributed something nice to the country, right? Um, but we need someone that's gonna really. I hesitate to even say be a favorable person in everyone's eyes because that's never going to happen because you have the two-party system. But someone that maybe harbors a lot of people's similar views with both parties. Now, this is me talking as someone that doesn't know politics at all. So, guys, take this with a grain of salt. I'm just here chatting on a microphone in my basement. But that's what I think an efficient president would be. You know? Because if you think about, like, what? Abe Lincoln, he was loved, except until he got shot. So he was, you know, he was, he was, we, we look upon him favorably. There are certain presidents in the past that we don't look upon so favorably. I just think we, it's time we, we get someone in there that has everyone's common interests in, in, in mind realizes that this country is filled with all types of people no matter where they're born you know even if certain people get upper hand advantages and and certain people are uh, not given any advantages at all we need to address everyone that's what a good leader should do regardless of the party they shouldn't be backed by big money they shouldn't have some agenda coming in it should just be fair and square now there's probably no way to do that and I'm probably talking out of my ass here. No, in fact, I'm definitely talking out of my ass. So I'm going to stop talking politics for now. But that, that you know, uh, that's been my presidential run. So uh, expect to see me in the next term. Uh, no, uh, for it's just like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking out of my ass, but but that would be nice. So I could stop hearing all these, these news sources telling me biased news about how Trump told someone to inject Lysol and then dude Lysol the company had to put out a statement that said that like don't inject Lysol as if anyone was actually going to do that like I know we ate Tide Pods but come on nobody's actually going to do that it's ridiculous it's dumb it would be dumb to assume that uh, you, you know what you get the you get the odd few that might inject Lysol but same with like the people that are that are protesting quarantine right now that's just natural selection you know is it really that bad to let a few slip through probably not you know that's just my think that's my that's my thinking on it and those people need to be addressed as well everyone that's that's the whole thing with the census commercials i keep seeing everyone matters that's a fact everyone in this country matters shouldn't matter where you come from Shouldn't matter at all. You know? Damn, I had a I had a a more laid back episode planned for this. But you know, hey. It was like half and half, I feel like. 
I got to get in my serious coop mode sometimes. Talk about stuff that I'm passionate about but know nothing about. You know? Uh, what else we got? We, we got like five more minutes, right? We could talk about the NFL draft or... Well, I watched the NFL draft. I watched... I had to do a, a group project over Zoom. Shout out Zoom University. Uh, so I watched till about the 10th pick. Congratulations, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, the wide receiver from Ohio State, which I'm his name I'm forgetting. They were all teammates. That's wild that Ohio State had three people go for the top three picks in the draft, and they were all teammates at one point. Um, so congrats to them. It's going to be an interesting season next year. I want to see how Joe uh, Burrow does on the Cincinnati Bengals. Is it going to be like a – I feel like uh, – what's his name? Baker Mayfield, his rookie year, had a pretty decent season. Maybe it'll be like that, and then they'll start to build around him. Or it's going to be like – I don't think it'll be like the Cleveland Brown, uh, Cavalier, uh, Cavaliers – Cleveland Browns uh, second season where they brought in OBJ, and then and then they had that, that offensively touted team, and then they just absolutely crashed. Like I think it's just going to be – I think it's going to be Joe Burrow overachieving and then the rest of the team not really achieving until they get him some more pieces. Uh, I watched the Giants pick because obviously I'm a Giants fan. We picked up Anth- – what was it? Um, Giants draft pick. The draft is tonight again. I think it's as I'm recording now because it goes like 8 till 11. We put – we picked for – we got the fourth pick and the thirty-sixth pick in the second round. Um, dude, why is it so hard to find information? Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle, he got a B plus. Oh, and then we just took Xavier McKinney from Alabama. Let's go, the safety. I think that's the uh, that's the do it all guy. I could be wrong though. So we're we're this is a good this is a good draft for the the Giants, man. We we bounced back from last year where we picked up. Um, Danny Dimes with an insane pick. I forgot which pick it was, but I like I like the draft this year because basically all you need for the Giants, if you're the Giants, is like we need to adjust. We need to not adjust, but yeah, adjust. We need to um, address the O line uh, and that defense. So if we can get a little bit of both, uh, two guys, a B plus and an A, according to analysts here. I'm pretty happy with that. Even if it's taking a little pressure off of Daniel Jones, so we can kind of develop a little bit more. Same with Saquon Barkley. Um, Saquon Barkley is already a great running back, very elusive when he doesn't have an offensive you know, line in front of him blocking for him. So if we can get him even a little bit of help, I think, I don't know. I, I probably, probably won't be that successful of a season for the Giants, but maybe it'll be, I don't know, somewhat of a marketable change, I'm, I'm sure. Look, this kid's no joke, so I don't know. I'm excited. I'll probably go watch the draft after this. But I only watched like 10 picks. So, I don't know. Imagine being Joe Burrow, dude. Just being uh, set for life. You know? It's got to be great. It's the same feeling with like... I don't know. What What feeling is that akin to? I'll never know because I'm not athletically gifted like Joe Burrow is. And I never played football at any level. I wish I kind of played high school football, but never did. So, uh, anyways, that's been the podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. Uh, And I I will see you guys in the next one. It'll probably come out next week. If not, the week after that. We'll see what the news is looking like because it's starting to die down a little bit.
but I have been your gracious, bodacious host, Coop. See ya. This has been the Chopping It Up Podcast. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.